0: Mobile fraud is a growing concern, according to the Anti-Phishing Working Group. Emerging mobile crimeware threats should be on every organization's radar. And here, Dave Jevons, founder of the APWG, explains why. Dave, we've been talking about mobile threats for quite some time, but is there evidence now that some of these threats are actually materializing in the wild?
1: Tracy, there is evidence, and we've published a, a research report and an addendum to it with technical information It's been compiled over about six months with uh, help from a number of the members of the APWG mobile security working group, a number of the security vendors uh, out there, as well as university folks and independent security researchers. And what we're finding is that the criminal underground that for the last five to 10 years has been targeting primarily PCs with malware, fraud schemes, phishing, spear phishing, APTs. They've taken their focus and have started to move it towards the mobile platform with malicious apps, malware, Wi-Fi takeovers, fake banking apps, etc.
0: So Dave, you've touched on malware and, and phishing, but are there new cyber threats that are aimed at mobile that the APWG has now identified?
1: Tracy, we've identified a number of new attacks that are specifically targeted at users of mobile devices. On the PC side of things, most of the attacks have traditionally involved malware, which exploits vulnerabilities in the operating system kernel or in applications such as the Internet Explorer browser or more recently vulnerabilities in common plugins such as the Adobe Acrobat Reader or Flash or Java and JavaScript. So they've typically been lower level type of exploits of bugs in a system. On mobile, we're seeing less of that because the operating systems in particular, iOS and Android are generally newer operating systems with a stronger security model than broader legacy OSes like Windows. So the threats are different. And the threats that we've been seeing include what we would call malicious applications. So not malware per se in the way that we're used to it on Windows, but applications that users are tricked into willfully and purposefully downloading. An example would be there were versions of Angry Birds, the game, which cost money to purchase, and there are now versions of those that have been taken, hacked, malicious code been added to them, and they are posted for free on offshore marketplaces, where people can easily find them and they willfully download them unaware that it's not the real version of Angry Birds. We've also seen what we call SMS stealer applications that get onto the user's device and that will intercept SMS messages that may be sent to them from their bank or increasingly from other online services as a form of two-factor authentication or transaction authentication. And we've also seen network-level attacks primarily at the Wi-Fi level or um, behind the Wi-Fi and the DNS, either at the Wi-Fi or at the ISP. Um, And those include poisoning or takeover of the DNS inside of of hotspots that have the default admin password. So those are attacks not just at the device, but actually at the Wi-Fi hotspots that everybody is using these devices to connect through. So those are some of the new types of attacks we're seeing against mobile users.
0: Now, the APWG recently issued a report about some of these emerging threats. What are some of the highlights from that report, Dave? The
1: big message here as you look through the report and the final conclusion is that malicious and fraudulent activity on the mobile platform is growing much more quickly and will continue to grow much more quickly than it did on the PC platform over the last. Ten years, and the reason is because over ten years, a cybercrime underground has been created all around the world. It's composed of people who write phishing kits, and people who write malware, and people who have zero-day exploits, and people who know how to push them out, and spammers, and there's people who run what we call bulletproof hosting, where you can host these malicious apps, malware, etc., and you can't get them taken down. The fraud on the back end, how they monetize, how they use mules to move money around the world. That infrastructure took 10 years to build. That is in place today, and they have now figured out that everybody's moving onto the mobile platform, and that whole criminal underground is moving to monetize the mobile platform. The other takeaway is that there are going to be new types of threats that are going to come after devices as they start implementing NFC payments using your mobile phone. That's going to be trillions of dollars of transactions in the future. Your phone is your wallet, and they're fine-tuning this infrastructure to start waiting for that to be able to be exploited. And we can expect large-scale attacks and exploits against these devices through these fake applications and that sort of thing as the phones become more and more payment- Instrument. The other thing that we've got in the report, in addition to a number of technical descriptions and examinations of specific exploits and specific malicious apps, is by working inside of the criminal underground, we've got a snapshot from this year, from the end of Q1, that looks at the different toolkits and services for malicious fraud and mali- attacks against mobile devices. And the pricing, what is the criminal underground selling these services and tools for? So that's also an interesting glimpse into what we're up against.
0: Dave, you've touched on some of the issues that would touch financial services as far as mobile payments, but I'm also curious about the authentication piece. Is there some concern there as far as mobile banking would would come into play, some of the authentication challenges or areas that may be vulnerable when it comes to mobile banking?
1: Yes, we do look at a number of the authentication challenges and attacks against authentication mechanisms. This breaks down into a couple of areas. One of them is the widespread use of SMS or application-based
0: messaging
1: as a second factor of authentication for regular PC-based banking. That is being regularly exploited. We have now seen toolkits such as Percolet, which allow you to build your own branded app to basically intercept SNS, authentication messages sent to phones, and trick people into downloading that banking app, but it actually sits as a man in the middle and intercepts those and allows attackers to get those transaction and authentication credentials and log in as you in real time. So those are some of the things we've looked at. There are also uh, the threat that a user is on a jailbroken or rooted phone which basically means if the mobile banking app on that phone or tablet is not checking to see if the device is rooted or jailbroken, then all bets are off on authentication because the phone will have absolutely no security if it's jailbroken or rooted. And that is something that is a great concern when you're opening up mobile banking with the ability to perform transactions. Doing transactions on mobile is increasingly under demand. It's, it's demanded from users, but not just at the consumer level. Also, for wholesale banking, TFOs and finance people want to use tablets to authorize payments. So that is definitely a, a real concern for us. And then lastly, people are worried about how do I authenticate a user on a device, it's a mobile device, does an SMS actually do anything? Our belief is it actually does work as a two factor, at least proves that they possess that device. On an iPad or an Android pad, it's a little different. So there are some challenges still to be worked out there.
0: So there's obvious challenges for banking, but are there other sectors that should be concerned about some of these emerging mobile threats?
1: Anybody who is allowing employees to bring their own devices, in particular these mobile devices, into the workplace or to connect from them to internal workplace applications, whether it's the SAP system, the payment system, any form of intellectual property, even a SharePoint, um, or who are allowing employees to use those to connect to third-party cloud services that they might be using, like Salesforce.com or Google Apps needs to be concerned about the very same issues around detecting jailbroken and rooted phones, malicious apps on the user's phone. I'll give you an example. There are some apps out there that, while not specifically malware, will leak corporate information, and this is applicable to banks and any other company out there. Think of a user on their own pad, and they've got an app that uploads the entire address book to a server out in the cloud. That address book They include all of the addresses of everyone in your corporate directory, their name, email address, phone number, job title, perhaps. That information is now being uploaded by one of your users out into some cloud, whether it's malicious or not. That information is now out there with no control by IT, and that's perfect fodder for spear phishing back inside the company.
0: Dave, is there one type of mobile platform that you would deem to be more vulnerable than another?
1: Tracy, there are. In general, what we have seen is that the users of the Android platform are more at risk than users of the iOS platform, the Apple platform, or the BlackBerry platform. And this is not to say that Android is an inferior technology, because it isn't. But Android and Google have a very much open policy to the operating system and to the apps that can run on it. Whereas BlackBerry is a very closed system and the Apple system is quite closed. They do have an app store, but effectively, unless your phone is jailbroken, you're only downloading apps from the app store or a corporate app store. And so there's much more security control around those apps. When we look at Android, the the reason that we're seeing 95% of the successful attacks and malicious apps being published for Android, one, there are thousands of different versions of Android operating system. With Apple, there is only the current version and the previous ones of that OS, and they're all controlled and issued by the vendor, by Apple. The Android platform is open source, it's open. So the last time I checked, there were over 6,300 different variants of Android that had shipped. So that means there's a lot of versions queue, patching. There also can be configured by the vendor, so there could be lots of security issues with different versions. The other reason that we see a lot of attacks against users of Android is that it's very easy to download apps from places other than the Android Play marketplace. In fact... There are companies like Amazon who are creating alternate marketplaces, commercial marketplaces. So users are encouraged and, in fact, want to use other marketplaces. We've seen over 120 different marketplaces, some legit, some full of pirateware and malware for the Android platform. So it's not that the platform itself is any less secure. It's how it's configured and how open it is.
0: And, Dave, are there certain international markets that are at greater risk than others?
1: Yes, we have seen that in the current form, the European market appears to have a much more aggressive, developed set of attackers that are going after users of mobile devices than in the United States, Canada, etc. The reason for that is that mobile devices, mobile banking have become much more prevalent in Europe than in the United States much more quickly. So people have been on those platforms for a long time. And also two-factor authentication, even at the consumer level, has been far more widespread in Europe than it has in the United States. And in many cases, they've been using the mobile phone with SMS or apps, you know, the so-called CAN transaction authentication numbers been used for many years in Europe. So the criminals have flocked to the European banking market. However, It doesn't mean that it's necessarily more or less risky because the exact same technical infrastructure, et cetera, is is in both different continents. So we can expect that they will be taking their wares, if you will, and moving it more aggressively into the American market.
0: And, Dave, before we close, are there any final thoughts that you'd like to share about the APWG's report or mobile concerns generally?
1: Well, I would encourage folks to take a look at both of the mobile reports. One of them looks at the cybercrime underground, the infrastructure, the pricing models, effectively what we're up against and how sophisticated it is and where the new threat vectors are coming from. The second report, more for pure IT security professionals, goes through an analysis of many different malicious applications, malicious social networks, supporting infrastructures, SMS stealers phishing, smishing, et cetera, hosting providers. So there's two accompanying reports on mobile security. encourage people to look at them. The last thing I'll say is that, you know, many people thought the days of effective phishing were somewhat behind us. I mean, phishing still continues at the highest levels or some of the highest levels we've ever seen it, but the effectiveness has gone down as people have been educated and as filters have gotten in place. What we have seen, though, is that phishing, and in particular spear phishing, targeted phishing against individuals is far more effective when individuals are using mobile devices than when they're using PCs. So we have a whole new set of things to be concerned about. I'll finish by saying that mobile banking apps are great. They're flourishing. However, Many of the developers of mobile banking apps are not security experts, and I encourage banks who are deploying mobile banking apps to go to the trouble of having a third party analyze those apps, do a penetration testing, and check to make sure that security certificate validation inside of FSL, things of that nature, are actually implemented correctly. You can get copies of the reports at www.apwg.org under the Resources section. Look for the Mobile Security Working Group.
0: Again, we've just heard from Dave Jevons of the Anti-Phishing Working Group. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.